0: dealing with the Lord, he said, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, right? God told him what he wanted him to do and he said, I didn't go ask anybody about it. I didn't ask my fellow man. I didn't ask flesh and blood about it. Um, I did it. I just went and did it, right? And uh, boy, that's a that's a sign of maturity in your life when you don't have to run to somebody to ask them about what the Lord told you. You knew it was his voice, right? You knew it was him and you just moved along to go ahead and go do it. And uh, So, I'm going to look at something tonight in Nehemiah chapter 6. We're going through Nehemiah and uh, here we are building. He's building a wall and so much application to us tonight about building. And uh, the, and one of the areas I want to look at tonight in, in, in uh, Nehemiah chapter 6, I want to read for you here just a few verses beginning in verse 1. Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies... And the rest of our enemies, I like that, heard that I had builded the wall, and that there was no breach left therein, though at the time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. That Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it? and come down to you. And I want to look at this tonight. The world, listen, the world is clamoring for us to come down off the wall and stop building. They want you to stop building. Satan wants you to quit building in your life. He wants you to quit finding the higher ground, right? Pressing on the upward way. He doesn't want you to press on the upward way. He wants you to kind of give in to the downward way and walk away and defeat and everything else. But, you know, so many are coming off the wall. Churches are coming off the wall. They're coming off the wall of building and everything else, and they're just giving into the world. The enemy's coming and saying, let's go meet about it. I heard somebody the other day, oh, man, I can just tell right now. We're not even going to get to my notes. But I remember somebody the other just told me the other day about the Ministerial Alliance meeting in Nixon. We got together for this and that, and I didn't say a word. I didn't say anything negative about it. But, friend, let me tell you something. I have nothing in common with a church that's baptizing babies, with a church that's saying you can lose your salvation, with a church that says you need to be baptized to be saved, what would I want an alliance with them for at all? They're in error Biblical error, and we have nothing in common with them like that. And uh, in, But what they're doing is, watch, they're telling you to come down off the wall. People say, we need to remember the, the real big fad, Brother Chris. You remember in the 90s, and uh, Brother Earl, the 90s, or maybe late 80s, early 90s, and we need to tear down walls. We need to tear down walls. We have all these awful walls, and it's dividing people. Well, you know, walls are for a purpose. Right. And it's to keep the enemy out. And there's a reason as Baptists, as Bible-believing Baptists, why we have walls around the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because not just everybody can come in here, friend. No, we want everybody to come in. Don't give me, don't, give me, don't let that get out of here the wrong way. We want everybody to come to Christ. And we want everybody to come and uh, join uh, Crimson Avenue Baptist Church. Absolutely. But some are dead set to be to stay in their unbiblical ways. And I'm sorry, we put walls around that, uh, so that whether they unsuspectingly, you know, they don't realize where they are. But sometimes there's just flat-out wolves that want to get in, right. and you have to have things uh, walls around those things. I remember we had a, a couple go in here, and and uh, they were of a uh, came out of a different type of a church, and they 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 had a couple over for dinner, and they asked the individual what he believed about. Uh, speaking in tongues and everything like that and do you still think that's for today and I like what the man answered him he said you need to go talk to pastor he said I didn't answer him I wasn't going to answer him cuz I he already he was and he was solid in this he wasn't going to be driven away from it but he just said listen you're out of line and you need to go to, if you're going to bring this stuff up you need to go talk to pastor about it Amen. what a great answer and obviously you know what happened he did never came <laughs> <laughs> never came of course it's, I'm telling you we've got to be careful when we're building the goal for Satan the goal for uh, the end of it the goal of for Satan is to come off the wall and stop building right I've said this so many times the world doesn't care what you believe they just want you to shut up about it and if we're going to build in this community that includes the preaching of the gospel which is going out into the highways of the hedges compelling to come in face-to-face with people with the gospel, and they just they don't want to hear that, that you can do your own little thing in your back neighborhood and leave everybody alone. They'll be fine with you. But the moment you come out, boy, I tell you what, they want you to come off the wall. We moved into our house in Marionville, Missouri, 2006. It was a neat old house. We moved there. We'd been in Oklahoma for a uh, short time. I was working at a company there, and then the company I was at here locally called and said, hey, uh, can you come back and work for us? I said, well, I'm not moving. I like where I live. The company's fine. They said, well, you can, li- you can stay right there. And we thought about it. I said, okay, that would be good. And uh, anyway, but we had, we had been in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. We moved back. Uh, and uh, when the house sold, our house in Oklahoma sold in like nine days. Sherry was in the hospital with appendicitis. And I was in the waiting room. And uh, the real- realtor called, good news. I'm like, uh, can you call back at another time? You know, my wife's dying. And uh, so, it uh, wasn't that bad. But anyway, I'm being a little sensational. And uh, our, our home in Oklahoma City sold in nine days. We're over in Yukon, Oklahoma, just west of Oklahoma City. The house sold in nine days. It was like, uh-oh. So we started looking for places. I thought, well, we'll get land. We'll build. Nothing was available. There weren't houses available. I mean, there is nothing on the market. And so he found this one house in in Marionville, and had no idea. I mean, just pictures on the outside and the inside. And our daughter was here in town, so he said, "Hey, can you go look at it?" So she went and looked at it. And she said, "Yeah, you know, it's fine. It actually has. It was built in 1900. Beautiful old uh, uh, four square, all brick, beautiful home. Actually had closets in every room. We're like, well, that's a plus, you know. So we bought this house sight unseen, on a contingency to look through it. Anyway, long story short, we bought it, and uh, and you know. The house we owned in Oklahoma, the yard, I'm talking about the yard, the yard grew mostly weeds and red clay. That's about it. And when red clay in the middle of the summer in Oklahoma, it's like, literally, it's like pounding on this floor over here. I mean, it's hard as a rock. Right. And so we had a yard of clay and weeds. And before that, south of Aurora, we lived in a house, it was a log house in the back of sixteen acres. And we had a house not of clay and weeds, but we had a yard not a house. We had a yard of weeds and rocks. Weeds and rocks. Right. I don't even know. I mean, it was hard to even get weed to grow. It was so rocky. It was terrible. And because of the last homes that we had lived in in Oklahoma City and in Aurora, then now back into Marionville, because of those houses, I I was like determined. I want grass. We're going to have grass in our yard. So I called a landscaping guy. They came in. They gave us a a price. They, They came with this machine, dug everything out of there. I mean, all the dirt, all the weeds, Brought in topsoil, replanted everything. I mean, it was beautiful. It, be? it was beautiful. It was so nice. Watered well. I was actually away working that one time. And you said she called and said um, it's raining real hard and all your seeds are washing down washing down the road. It's just like watching the seed go down the road. Called the. Of course, they came back and reseeded again. You know. But anyway, for the Martin, you'd have loved it. It was beautiful. Beautiful. It was on a corner lot uh, with a square house, and I mowed the, the lines to go square like they're supposed to and all that stuff. Is, I'm still excited about it. But let me tell you something what happened. In 2015, we had a pandemic. I mean, in, in our yard, not in the world. It wasn't COVID, right? You're like, 2015, I mean, no, 2015, we had a pandemic in our yard of Moles. Moles. I started seeing these little bumps and trails. And I'm like, no. And I tried, oh, I tried the worms. I tried, you know, I, I, I don't think I got to the, I tried these smoke bomb things. Those are cool. They didn't work. These things were tough. I even thought about getting an, another animal to dig them up. But uh, pour gasoline and lighten that. That's awesome. Uh, you know, stuff like I could not get rid of the moles. And it got so discouraging. I tried everything to get rid of them. And, you know, they'd be gone for a little while. You're like, yeah, finally. And poof, here comes another one. You know, it's just terrible. Destroyed my yard. Destroyed it. It was so bad. I was so irritated. Which, what, you know, when it started to destroy the yard, it actually destroyed my ambition to keep the yard up. I mean, you get to the point of like, well, they can have it. Who cares? I mean, I mean, I just wasn't winning. I mean, it dominated my time just trying to get the moles out. I didn't spend time watering and overseeding like I should have. I spent all my time trying to get rid of this varmint that was underground. And they're really nasty looking, too. They're awful, right? Des- destroyed all of my landscaping morale that I had. I mean, it was gone. It was absolutely gone. And it wore me down to the place. I just like, forget it. Yeah. And thankfully, the new owners are dealing with them and i don't think they even cared. So yeah. Can i tell you this is what the enemy does in our life? This is what he does in our life. He destroys our work, and when he gets the work destroyed, he destroys our ambition to work, right? Then he it, which dominates our time so we can't work cuz we're going after the enemy so much. So that the work's gone, the work stopped. And then after that goes on for so long, it totally destroys your morale and then eventually wears you down to quit. Right, Moles are satanic. <laughs> they are satanic. They, they've got to be a part of the fall. I'm sure after Adam and Eve fell, God just flooded the world with moles. They're like, here. <laughs> here you go. And they won't eat your weeds. You know They'll leave the weeds alone. They'll just eat the grubs and the bugs underneath and ruin your yard. Right. Sanballat and Tobiah... Back in chapter 4, it had been stirring up a bunch of trouble. And uh, the church had a meeting, you know, the, the builders. A little bit of a revival that went on there in chapter 5. The members were getting right with one another, you could say. But then here in chapter 6, Sanballat is at it again. But this time he's got help. He's got some new help here. And I want to show you here in verses 1 and 2, there was progress being made on the wall. He said, It came to pass when Sam, and Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arabian, and the rest of our enemies, heard that I had built of the wall and that there was no breach left therein. They had made progress. The wall in like 50 some days, I forget the exact number, 52 days, 56 days, the wall was finished. It was finished. It was complete. They had made progress on, on, on the wall and 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 we're reminded here in these first two verses we're reminded that you know what have you ever made progress in your life you're on the upward on the upward you know uh trail you're you're walking the higher ground and you're making progress in your life and then just it's like out of nowhere The sand ballot shows up again. Tobiah shows up again. Geshem shows up again. You know, you're you're getting sent out of your life. Maybe it's something that plagued you. Or maybe you're getting closer to the God. Maybe you watch a church and visitors are coming in and people are joining and building is going on and all these positive things are going on. I'm telling you, we know this. We've been around long enough. When progress comes for the work of God, mark it down, the enemy's showing up. The enemy's showing up. And he's persistent. He is absolutely persistent. Look at verse 4. Yet they sent unto me four times after this sort. Right? And I answered them after the same manner. What was the same manner? He said in verse 3, I'm too busy. I can't come off the wall. Leave me alone. I tell you what, the world, Satan is so good at getting people in churches too busy and they come off the wall come off the wall of, of assembling and attendance. They come off the wall of soul winning. They come off the wall of giving. They come off the wall uh, of prayer. And they, come, they just come off the wall all over the place. And uh, you know you think you, you got some victory there. And I'm telling you he will show up a different way every time. He'll show up a different way. And here he, he's persistent. Nehemiah, watch. Nehemiah had the discernment to recognize this isn't of God. I've got a job to do, and tell you what, I'm not coming down. You know, it's hard for some people to say no to people. It really is. I mean, that's just, a, some people struggle with that. Some people are really good at it, and some people are not good at it at all. And it gets them in trouble sometimes. They just say yes too often when they should have said no. And I'm telling you, watch. I'm t- we, we, are just, we are at a dearth right now of spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment. It's amazing what people who are believers, born again, they're saved, that lack spiritual discernment, that can't see that this isn't good, or this isn't of God, or this is the enemy, and it's not of God, or or this is going to lead you astray. It's like the, the discernment is gone. But watch, Nehemiah was walking with God. He was in the will of God. He was doing the work that God called him to do, and he had discernment. He had discernment there. So you see his first word there in verse 4? Yet, yet, they sent unto me four times. Regardless of Nehemiah's rejection, they always came back. They always came back. He came back five times, actually. He's going to come back. You may want to write this down. You may already have it down. But don't forget it, however you keep it written. Evil is almost always more persistent than good. Right. It seems like good quits way before evil quits, right? The only more, the only thing more persistent than evil is God. Amen. Right, Jesus, we win. It is finished. Right, right. He accomplished what he, he said I came to do that will, and He accomplished it. He said it is. He said those words. It is finished. Right. Yeah. Unless, unless we're walking in the Spirit on a daily basis. I'm telling you what, it's so easy to give up and give in and evil comes and after us and never leaves and just it is always gonna be there. You better you better resign to the fact and resolve to the fact that you if you're looking in your Christian life for some place of this bed of ease, like temptation's going to be gone and it's going to get easier someday and the fight's going to get... You, you really need to wipe that out of your thinking right now and determine that, listen, you are never... till, till you take your last breath, you will always be fighting sin and Satan. and You're always going to be fighting. You're always going to be fighting. It'll never end. You're like, boy, that's discouraging. I think it's more discouraging when you live in this Pollyanna you know, rose-colored glasses thinking I'm going to achieve some wonderful level where I'm never going to sin again and never going to have to fight again and never going to have to, you know, just say no to the flesh again. No, it's not coming. So, You know when we rest? <laughs> when we're dead. <laughs> Amen. And after that, it'll be eternal. And that, I tell you, that's great. That sure is. Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days, 40 nights. At the end of that, that time of his fasting and prayer, 40 days and 40 nights, the Bible says that Satan came to him. We know that. And it said when he was unhungered, right? Yeah. Satan's a wuss. He can't fight somebody who's head on walking in the spirit he, or they're, they're physically well and everything's on track. No, he leaves that. He can't, you know, he's, he's weak. He comes when we're weak. That's when he attacks. And he came when Jesus was hungered. He didn't. I, I don't know. Maybe Satan was too stupid to realize he was messing with God. And, uh, to, you know, it's like, okay, so he is physically weak. Anyway, I don't have time to get on to that, that thought process, though. But he came to remember Satan came to Jesus in his weakness, and he began to tempt him, and he tempted him with three, with three things. The lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And these are of the world and not of God, right? The lust of the flesh. He said, cause these stones to be made into bread. Well, he was hungry, right? He, he needed food. And Satan tempted him with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes when he brought him up to the mountain. And he showed him all of the, all of the, all of the kingdoms of the world. He said, if you'll bow down to me, I'll give you all of these. Yeah. Satan could have. He's the prince of power of the air. God gave him authority over, over, the, earth, over the world. I guess it was his to give away, right? And uh, thirdly, the pride of life. What is the pride of life? Well, just that—I uh, don't know—that will to live. Yeah. What did Satan do? Brought him the pinnacle of temples. Said, "Cast yourself down, for it is written, your angel, his angels shall keep charge over thee, lest thou, lest thou dash thy foot upon a stone." Right. You had a Satan and three times. Jesus said, "It is written. It is written. It is written." Right. He he, he countered Satan with the word of God. Right. And, uh, and, uh, and Satan left. He, he went away. He left him alone. But what does the Bible say? Satan left him. There's the operative word, the phrase right there. For a season. For a season. What's that mean? He came back to Jesus again. It is my belief it was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, be your... Will, let this cup pass from me. Yeah. I have no doubt that Satan was working away on the Lord Jesus Christ to not go to Calvary. Absolutely. He's persistent. He's persistent. Absolutely. Get it down. The enemy is persistent against you. But notice in verses 6 and 7 what he does. The, he, they, 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 Satan prosecutes. Here's Sanballat and Tobiah, since Nehemiah isn't falling for the tricks that they have. Now they're going to send one of the servants with this open letter to give to Nehemiah. Look at verse 6. Wherein, uh, I'm for, verse 5, I'm sorry. Then send Sanballat his servant unto me in like manner the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. Wherein was written, it is reported among the heathen. It's like somebody just brought it to him in the mail. You know, he opened it up. He's like, runs up to Nehemiah, up to the wall. You know, I just got this. Look what he says. It's reported commonly, right? Is that what I'm saying? Where it is written, it is reported among the heathen that uh, Gashmu saith it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king according to these words. And thou also have uh, also appointed prophets to preach of thee in Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah, and now shall it be reported to the king according to these words. Come therefore, and let us take counsel together. Come on off the wall. Same thing every time. Just come off the wall, Nehemiah. Get off the work. Let's talk about this one. Let's discuss this. Because this is, this is really serious. This is bad. I mean, this is... You, you're, you're wanting to uh, overthrow... Right, the, the the empire, the Persian empire, like, like Nehemiah was going to be able to overthrow anything. <laughs> right, the Persian empire. And so he comes now with, with uh, legal problems. He comes to him with a letter accusing him of these wrong things. It is reported with a name attached to it. I mean, this has got to be legit. It's not one of our sources one of our sources has, has said, you know, the news loves that. One of our sources. Who is it? Well, we can't give up our sources because they don't exist. You just yeah. made them up, right? Yeah. And this is the report. The Jews want to rebel. The wall, needs, but the wall needs to be built first, right? But the Jews want to rebel. Uh, rebel. And Nehemiah has a, picked out all these prophets to go proclaim ahead of time that he is uh, uh, the king in, in Jerusalem and over Israel. And this is the threat they give them, though. We're going to tell Artaxerxes. We're telling Artaxerxes on you. Now, this is actually a little bit complicated because what was Nehemiah? He, he, he is still he is still the cupbearer for Artaxerxes. Right. Remember when we started Nehemiah, we, we looked at the cupbearer and the position of the cupbearer was really a pretty high position. They, the, the cupbearer many times gave counsel to the kings. They, they, they were brought in to ask questions and, and, and give some strategy and things like that and, and some, uh, so, some, you know, to give their opinion and things like that. This was a pretty big, opi- this pretty big place that he has. And they are threatening him that they're going to tell Ar- Artaxerxes. And think about this. He's been gone for some time now. If word did get back to Artaxerxes, I mean, I don't care how well you know somebody. How many have heard true facts about somebody that you said, I would have never imagined? Right. So they're going to send a letter back to Artaxerxes with this guy, Geshu. Like, anyway, whatever that weird name. Tell them all these things. They'll, oh, did you know, Artaxerxes, your cupbearer wants to be king? and he's appointed prophets and that's why they're building the wall they've deceived you pretty serious it is i'll tell you what satan can throw some pretty serious things at you some pretty serious accusations yeah really the letter was a i don't know if the right words blackmail or what it was but he was try, he's triangulating to get him to come down and uh I like this. Nehemiah still wouldn't come down. He was so laser focused on the will of God. He had the discernment to know, no, because I know it's not true because this isn't in my heart to do it anyway, so what do I care? Right? I'm not doing it. Look at verse 8. Look what he tells them. Then I sent unto him saying, there are, I love, I, I, I don't know why I enjoy this so much. I hope you do too. Then I sent unto him saying, there are so much things done as thou sayest, but thou feignest them out of thine own heart. You just made them up, buddy. You absolutely made them up out of whole cloth. For they, are, for they all made us afraid, saying their hands shall be weakened from the work that is to be done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. I love the response of Nehemiah. God, here's what they're saying. Watch. He didn't even, I, I mean, he, he didn't really even say go after Geshu and Sanballat and Tobiah. He didn't say to wipe them out, right? He just said strengthen my hands to keep doing what you've called me to do. Can I tell you, God sometimes takes us out of the fire, but a lot of times He just gets in with us. Yeah. Sometimes people are always looking for a way out. Instead of looking for the way through. And one of the ways to get through, instead of trying to get out, one of the ways to get through is to just do, keep doing what God has called you to do. Yeah. Nehemiah saw that. He saw that. Yeah. And this is what he does. Exactly what Satan does today, isn't it? He comes with things, uh, accusations against us. Oh, you just have ulterior motives. You don't really care about them. You don't really care. Why do you put so much effort, you know, just to get another notch on your belt, just to get the praise of men, you know? What, is, what, are, what are those things doing? Well, come off the wall. Come off the wall of trying to lead your friends to Christ. Come off the wall of, of Bible reading and prayer and seeking and building and things like that, right? You only come to church for business contacts. Fortunately, nobody in here has a job, so this is, we don't have to worry about that one. Oh, brother Earl. You, you've you got the job. You're carrying all of us in here now. So. That's what he does, though. Oh, yeah, you have a job. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, you do too. Man, Martin's the only one that doesn't have a job in here. That's what happened. I'm married. What do you mean you don't have a job? <laughs> no, there's churches. They grow very large because of, of, of business connections and, and absolutely good good networking at some churches, right? So... Don't miss this, though. If the enemy cannot be successful at attacking one way, right? If he can't be successful at attacking our progress, he'll attack our motives. Oh, you just want to be king. That's what it is. You've set this whole thing up. Nehemiah said, no, actually, you just made that all up. Yeah, I got work to do. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm going to show you the last thing here. Ready for a big word? I had to find a P word, another P word, okay? I'm sorry. Now I'm going to have to define it. It's such an odd word. I literally couldn't find it. Permutation. P-E-R-M-U-T-A-T-I-O-N. Verses 10 through 13. It means something made different or an alteration. Look at verse 10. Afterward, I came to the house of Shemaiah, the son of De- Deleiah, the son of Mehedab- Mehedabiel, who was shut up, and he said, Let us meet together in the house of God, within the temple, and let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay thee. Yea, in the night will they come to slay thee. <gasps> you better hide. Right? You're going you're gonna to be killed. I, I found out there's people out there, and they're, they're going to try to kill you. So what you should do, Nehemiah, is stop. You notice everyone, everything is to come off the wall. Every, everything is to come off the wall. Come off the wall and go hide in the temple and uh, go hide there so, until you're safe. Like they were really concerned about Nehemiah's safety. I mean, come on, you don't have to have road walking since after all of this, this stuff that they've tried to figure out this time, they're really mean it, they're really worried about you. Yeah, they're not worried about you. Look at verse 11. And I said, <laughs> should such a man as I flee? <laughs> should, should such a man as I flee? Do, do you really think of me as somebody who runs away? Oh, may God give us more believers that don't flee, right? Yeah, the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. I tell you what, some of the, some of the most bold Christians that have been on this planet have been children and young girls and women. They have gone to the stakes. They have been burned at the stake. They, they, refuse, they refuse to, to uh, recant. Their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I read in Richard Warmbrand's book, "Tortured for Christ." A young lady at her at her wedding, at the altar, they came in. They broke. It was in Romania. They broke in, and put her in handcuffs and dragged her off. And uh, she said, "I couldn't have imagined such a better way to meet the bride or the bridegroom." Uh, what a day! I mean, her, the words that she had as they hauled her off and killed her on her wedding day. She couldn't wait to see the Lord Jesus. I'm telling you, the righteous, the righteous, the righteous, they're bold as a lion, right? We don't flee. We don't run away, right? We don't, we don't run. Oh, I don't know how many times you've been door knocking, and you're not supposed to be out here, and you're not supposed to be doing this, and it's not legal, and this and that. Happened to my brother one time, and a guy came out and started hollering at him, you can't do this, it's not, a, it's not legal, and my brother said, tell you what, I'll, I'll go down to the police station. I want to make sure. No problem, man. Went down to the police station. They said, you can do whatever you want in the day. It doesn't matter. So he went back to the guy's house. He wouldn't come, and he pounded on the door. He wouldn't come to the door. And so he hollered through the door. I just want to let you know that they said it was okay, and I've left it here on your door. And he went on his way. Hey, come on. Boldness. Where's that boldness? Why are we so timid if we have the truth? Why are we so timid if we have the truth that that people are dying and going to hell? I mean, really? Could you imagine somebody with their children in the house burning, going, "Oh boy, I don't know." I mean, I mean, tell you what, they run right into the middle of it. Absolutely. Should such a man as I flee? What would it be going to the temple if Nehemiah had actually done this? He'd been a coward. He'd have been an absolute coward. This would have been made a really great Western show, too. I mean this would've been a you know, he'd have been out in the street with his six shooters, man. And I ain't running ched, you know. would have been great. Nima, hey, he said, I'm not going anywhere. I've got work to do. Now go, run along, leave me alone, I'll be fine. But they're gonna kill you. Okay, whatever. I've got work to do. Yeah. Look at verse twelve. And lo, I perceive that God hath not sent him. <laughs> I like this. Isn't that great perception? I perceive that God hath not sent him, but that he pronounced his this prophecy against me for Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. Look at that. He figured that out pretty quick, didn't he? Yeah. He didn't do it. He didn't give in. He didn't listen to him. He didn't come off the wall. They tried, they tried, and 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 they tried. And at the end of it, nope, he isn't moving. Yeah. Their persistence, they went to the legal route, their change of attack. To do what? Well, to destroy the work. To destroy the ambition to work. Yeah, to destroy the ambition to work. To dominate their time so they can't work. Oh, that's what sin does in our life as a believer. It just dominates our time to where we can't even work anymore. So consumed with trying to get something out of our life, don't even have time to do what God has called us to do. Destroys the, your morale. I mean, you know, who cares? After a while, right? Wears you down, do you want to quit? That's what they were doing to him. Absolutely. Like a mole. <laughs> I like when people put the introduction together with the conclusion. You being attacked tonight? Are you being attacked? No, you all that are here, whoever's watching online. Are you being attacked? Can I tell you something? If God has given you something to, to do, He's given you. Uh, he's given it to you to finish. If He's given you something to do, He's given it to you to finish. Does God not finish anything? Could you imagine God giving you something to do? Just say, well, oh, don't worry about finishing this one. Just give a good world to start it up. No, he says, He who has begun a good work in you will, will what? Complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God doesn't quit. He doesn't quit. You know, it may be, a, I don't know who's watching or who's here. Uh, I know who's here, but I don't know who's watching. But It could be a ministry calling. It could be a da- just something like a daily Bible reading habits. It could, it could be a vice that you've been dealing with. It could be some personal contact that God has put upon your heart to reach with the gospel. Hey, no, listen, if he's given you something to do, whatever he's given you to do, don't quit. Just don't stop. You say, well, I get attacked. Well, yes, you're going to get attacked. Well, opposition comes in. Of course it's going to come in. Well, things I got blindsided. I didn't expect this one. Well, next time you get blindsided, don't. And then you won't be blindsided because you'll be ready for it. Right? Hey, he's going to attack. He's going to attack us. Sometimes it's hard to see through the fog of it all and the accusations and all of these things that go around uh, to see really where it's coming from and really what the what the what the true goal actually is. But it doesn't matter how it comes to you if you've ever come to the conclusion that the problem that the, that uh, the, the conclusion that the remedy to the problem is to quit. Let me tell you, it's not of God. It's not of God. You know what happens if you do quit? Remember this guy called Samson? Remember his real bummer of a girlfriend? She was terrible. You should have dumped her a long time ago. Shouldn't have ever been with her, actually. But anyway, that's another story. Delilah? Yeah. If you, you guys that aren't married, if you meet a gal named Delilah, just run. All right? Just... The Philistines had threatened to kill Delilah's family if she couldn't find out where his strength was. Right? You know this. You know what they say, blood's thicker than water. So she was a little nervous, but it help out her family. So she remembered, She asked him, where, where, where's your strength, Samson? Well, you know, if you bind me with seven green wits. All right. Okay. So they bound him with that. Of course, that didn't work. All right. You mock me. Where is it? Well, you know, you tie me fast with new ropes. I can't break new. I mean, I can, I can kill a thousand Philistines with a jawbone of donkey, but I cannot get through a new rope. There is no. I mean, it's. I can't do it. Bink gets through that. She's mad. You know, you mock me. I thought you loved me. Oh, that's 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 it. Yeah, right. All right, take the seven locks of my hair and weave them into a web. I really want to know what that looked like. It's like. I hope that's on a DVD in heaven. You know, we can watch, check that one out of the library and watch that one. So, or he may just tell us. And of course, that didn't work. He just walked off with everything. Persistence, right? She never gave up. Finally, he gave in, right? It's my hair. If you cut my hair off, I lose everything. I still want to know how he got so fast asleep. And he's a heavy sleeper. Cut all his hair off. What did the Bible say? When he got up as at other times that he wished not that the Spirit had left him. He was so far away from God he didn't even know that God was so far away from him. And he got up as at other times he was going to whip it like he always did in the flesh but no, his power was gone. His power was gone. You know what happens when you give in to constant badgering? You know. The enemy wins, right? The enemy wins. Why? Because evil seems to be more persistent than good. And the only way to escape is to walk a life, have a life walking in the Spirit. Like Joseph, right? Joseph, Potiphar's wife. You know what the great takeaway from that is? It can be done. No, no, she came after him daily. Yeah. And I imagine she was beautiful. I imagine she was attractive to Joseph. Right? And he just took off. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because he had a job to do. He was supposed to be there. He had a job to do. Hey, do you realize Joseph had another job to do that he didn't even know about yet? He didn't know he was going to be second under Pharaoh. He didn't know he was going to get out of that prison. He didn't know that he was going to have the position to. He, wait, God had a job for him to do that. He didn't even know about yet. And if he had fallen with, with, with Potiphar's wife, God would have never used him like he did. Listen, when the, when the enemy comes, remember this. God has another job for me I don't even know about yet and I don't want to ruin it. I want to do that job next too. Oh, that's good. What did Paul say? And I'm done. Here it is. I want to leave you with this verse, 2 Timothy four six through eight. For I'm now ready to be offered. Paul wrote to Timothy when last last some of the last words that Paul would pen. Second Timothy four six through eight. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. No equivocation. Paul knew. I finished what God gave me to do. I love that. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Let me encourage you tonight. Don't quit. Don't quit. The enemy wants you to get off the wall, wants you to stop building. Don't. Let me give you a little rebuke tonight. If there is something that God has given you to do that you've backed off from, just go back to it, would you? Just get back to it. You say, "What it is?" It well, you know what it is. I don't know what it is for you. You know what it is. Amen. You know exactly what it is. Just keep doing. It. And if you're listen, if you're right in the middle of what God has brought you to do and God has told you to do. And the enemy's coming all over. He's coming in like a flood. Remember, the Lord will raise up a standard. When the enemy comes in like a flood, he'll fight for you. Just stay. Don't come off the wall. Don't come off the wall. Amen? Amen? Father, thank you tonight. Thank you for the encouragement to keep on going, to not quit, to not come off the wall. Everybody in here, you've given everybody a job to do. Not the same job, but everybody has a job. And Lord, it could be that uh, some have been a little distracted and detoured by the enemy. And they've stopped doing what you've given them to do. So Father, would you encourage them tonight to get back to what you've called them to. Your Holy Spirit will do that work right now and each and every person knows what it is. I pray you would encourage them to get back to that. And if there are those in here that are right in the middle of what you've told them to do, they're busy about what you've given them. They know it. They have all uh, peace and assurance of the Holy Spirit. They know that they're right where they ought to be, and they're doing exactly what you want them to do. Father, I just pray for the encouragement, the grace, and that divine enablement from Thee to help them to continue to keep on, uh, just keeping on, and doing what You'd have them to do. Would You help us tonight? The world has too many churches and too many believers that have come off the wall. Would You help us at least? Uh, to not be na- numbered among those that have come off and that we just keep building. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand tonight. The, the instrumental play, however the Lord has spoken to you, you take time to deal with him today. Are you on the wall and you just need to be encouraged? Just keep going. Maybe, Maybe you've had an enemy come up lately and you're really questioning this one. Boy, maybe this one's right. Maybe this one's right. Listen, if you're dead set that what God has called you to do and he hasn't changed his mind of it, yeah, just just shut it off. Shut the voices off and just keep right on going. If you've come off where you're supposed to come off the wall, would you just get with the Lord tonight and tell him you're going to get right back on tonight? Tonight, tonight, you can get back on the wall and get back to building. All right, Brother Chuck, would you close us in a word of prayer tonight?